Hey, spooky friends, and welcome to The Twisted Twins, hosted by Britt and Kay. And first and foremost, we want to wish you all a very happy St. Patrick's Day. We've got our green on. We are. We are both wearing green, so do not pinch us. And if you guys are watching us over on our YouTube, hello, how are you? You can see that we are dressed in a bit of cosplay for tonight's episode. Give these two girls a reason to dress up. You know what I'm Literally. saying? Give me an excuse. Yes. I'll do Give it. Give us an excuse. Yes. But our cosplay tonight gives a little hint as to what our episode is about. Yes. In honor of St. Patrick's Day, we decided to dive in to the fun and twisted lore of Irish mythical creatures. Yes! So we're going to be talking about some six of the not some, six of the most common fairy and mythical creatures out there. Yeah, so I don't know how long these teeth are going to last. By last, <laughs> last. I, have a, I have a bit of a lisp right now, and they're mm-hmm. holding on with the glue for dear life, so we'll but see. But this is how committed we are. This is how committed we are to you guys. Yeah. To go to the teeth, the ears. Committed to the fey life. We're getting yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that Fae, a lot of Fae encapsulates so many different mythological creatures. Uh-huh. Yeah. And how fairies are actually depicted. And it's it's pretty interesting. We're going to talk a little about it today. So yes. excited. Yes. Um, so Kayla, I think you should start us off with our first fairy. Yes. A fairy that you guys might not realize is classified as a fairy. And that would be the leprechaun. Yes, leprechauns. One of the most famous and oldest of the Irish lore. One of the oldest fae in Ireland. Even it dates back to ancient historical Celtic times where they were orally spoken about from family to family pretty interesting but i want to dive into kind of where the name or the term leprechaun comes from okay Okay. so i'm going to quote this part from worldhistoria.org and it's about loo and water sprites oh yeah so according to some scholars the word leprechaun comes from the ancient ancient (laughs) irish celtic god and cultural hero loo Lu was originally the god of the sun and light, and then he became a great warrior ruler of ancient Ireland. Mm-hmm. Lu's stature literally diminished over the time as the Christianization of Europe reached England. He was eventually transformed into Lu Cromain, meaning stooping Lu, as he now inhabited the underground world of Sid, where all the other gods were relegated to during that Christianization of Europe and Ireland and getting rid of all the paganism. They're kind of all their gods relinquished to this place in the underworld. Other world or whatever. Yes. Um, Lou thus became a sort of fairy craftsman. And from there, Lou became leprechaun, the diminutive fairy goblin in medieval folklore folklore. Goblin. 
I, love I know that word. <laughs> a lot of my fae not a lot two of my fae are considered goblins or fae okay. and um it's pretty interesting it is it is a funny word and when you think of leprechaun it it's you think of a small little man kind right. of goblin. like itty itty bitty yeah itty bitty and the word the term leprechaun itself translates to little body Oh. Yeah. And there's a ton of other pronunciations that I would completely butcher. Yeah. Um, but there are, and I do have them, unfortunately. So bear with me as I butcher these. Yeah. Ireland, um, don't so, come for us. <laughs> no, seriously, please don't. I, I wish. I wish We're I could. We're trying. <laughs> I wish I could speak it, but I can't. Um <laughs> So the name leprechaun itself is the more modern word, and it's based on different spellings of the older terms used in various regions of Ireland. So every different part of Ireland has a different accent, a different dialect into their, their Gaelic. So in Ulster, the original term was Lucromon, okay? And Conac, Conanac. Um, it was Luacan and Leinster, it was Luprocon, and in Moonstar, it was Lugardon. So, a lot of different terms, all of those still translate to little body. So, interesting <laughs> fun fact they're just little body, that's all they are. It's okay. Um, but let's talk about what leprechauns are. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, leprechauns are one of the oldest fae in Ireland, mischievous and introverted by nature, and living remotely, mostly making shoes, which is interesting enough. And oh. they are said to guard their hidden pot of gold. A lot of them say crock, but I'm going to say pot. I use my crock pot all the time, and when I make my food, <laughs> it's gold. So, they use their <laughs> pot of gold. I know, that was just came to my mind. was a little much, but... We're going to just go right through that. Um, so if you, the lore states in writing that if you trap or catch a leprechaun, which is damn near impossible, and threaten him oh my God. with bodily violence, yeah, then he may give up his gold. But it would take a ton of threatening and, and violence for him to even consider it. Now, and well, if you were nice is, to him, well, hey, oh, hang sorry, on. sorry, 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 sorry. But um, because <laughs> the whole chair, hold on. So, um, but if you are to take your eyes off of him, even for a moment, which they will try to do the entire time you catch him, they will trick you nonstop until you turn, and then when you look back, they're gone. Oh, yeah, so they're very tricky. They're very mischievous. Um, they are very much attracted to anything shiny, gold, silver. So if you have like change lying around your house and it goes missing, you can guarantee that it, you can guarantee take that to the bank. It was a leprechaun. Don't take um, it to the bank because it's gone. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and if you find that fool, threaten him and get it back I, oh, I don't God. know I don't know why you would want to I mean okay if you guys have seen the horror movie Leprechaun then fine oh my gosh fine <laughs> yeah but any other time you know they are not known for being malevolent in any way they are known as more being the 
the stereotypical one that modern age around the world thinks of when they think of any kind of lore or fae from Ireland, which is true. When you think of St. Paddy's Day, all of it is surrounded around leprechauns and green and and gold. So four leaf clovers and love. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's that. Um, leprechauns share many characteristics with more ancient creatures um, from that Irish Celtic, ancient Celtic time and mm -hmm. with wider European mythology. But since the 19th century, they have risen to be the most recognizable symbols for Irish folklore. So if you are ever lucky enough to catch yourself a leprechaun, take a picture for us. We would love to see it. I mean, every St. Paddy's Day we put traps out. Haven't caught one yet. So mm -hmm. we'd mm -hmm. love to at least hang out. I'd even pay him to hang around. Pay him to be a guest star on the show. You know what I'm saying? That's yes. where I'm at right now. Give me a leprechaun. But that is what I have on our leprechauns. And Brittany, you want to take it away with your your fae? Yeah. Alrighty. Before I tell my story, just ahead of time, I have a little bit of a lisp. So bear with me, I apologize. Now I'm going to dive into one of my favorite Irish mytholo mythological creatures and they are called Selkies. Now, Selkies are also known as seal folk. Seal as in like a sea lion, a seal of the ocean, okay? Mm -hmm. And they are a creature, a part of Celtic and Nordic folklore. Now, they closely resemble mermaids in that they are a humanoid person who wears the tail or the hide of a seal in the water. And when they reach the shoreline or they walk on land, they're on two legs. That's like the best of both worlds. Not to quote the great worlds. Miley Cyrus. Yeah. I'm sorry, Hannah. Hannah Montana. Yeah. Yeah, so Hannah, get it right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. So um, kind of what I was thinking of is, you know, how like a seal or a seal li sea lion's tail looks, how it looks very mermaid-like. Yeah. So think of a seal's tail and how similar it looks to, say, like Ariel. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> so Selkies, anyway, as legend goes, Selkies are incredibly hot drop-dead gorgeous and seductive creatures they are very very beautiful and were rumored to take the heart of this of a standard man or woman here on land one of the catches no pun intended again <laughs> um or legends of coastal ireland and scotland as well are that when a selkie comes onto land, they shed their seal tail and leave it near the water's edge. They like hide it in a way. But when they walk off, <laughs> they walk off into mankind, like into a village or whatever, completely naked. I knew you were going to say that. And Those gorgeous. Sexy, sexy, dirty bitches exactly exactly <laughs> who wouldn't like whoa hey how you doing <laughs> <laughs> now if a human love interest falls for a selkie and happens to find their shedded tail 
the kind of like mythology or the folklore of it is that they hide them and in turn trap the Selkie on shore. They go ahead and marry them. They have half human, half Selkie children together and they live happily ever after, right? A trapped marriage don't sound too happy <laughs> to me, but I know. what do I know? Now, there are hundreds, and I mean like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tales over the years um, of this exact scenario happening. And one story has a less than happy love story to it, okay? Now, um, bear with me with my pronunciations. I looked them up, but we'll see how they go. <laughs> in Tralee in Ireland, a popular family called the Lees were actually rumored to be descendants of a Selkie human love affair. Apparently, a distant ancestor had fallen in love with a Selkie woman, hid her seal tail from her, had a child with her, and pretty much held her captive. She eventually found her seal tail and escaped his clutches to return to the sea and to her Selkie husband. Oh, now, this is see? I know. So this is a very common myth um, among the Irish and other Nordic traditions. That's just awful. Now here is another more beautiful story of Selkies. Um, let's see. A Selkie wife was married to a human man and she would, ever since they had gotten married, she would sit on the sand of the shoreline, you know, um, staring longingly at the ocean, missing her life as a Selkie, as a mermaid. And in a couple different sources, it was either, it was a couple different ways. Either the man she married or the children that she had given birth to while on land, finally returned her tail to her and let her go back to the sea. Now, once back into the ocean, she would either come back to her family on land once a year or visit her beloved children as a seal every now and again, which I think that's, that's sweet. Is Okay, so I'm trying to think, like, do you remember the Disney Channel original movie? The, the 13th, 13th year? year? <laughs> Yes. That wasn't the only one I was thinking of, but that was the one that I wanted to bring up first. Yes. So, uh, checks out. Although his tail wasn't, like, removable. Right. Okay. It was, like, and then also, water. Yeah. Also, um, Aquaman with... Um, Nicole Hottie, Kidman? Yeah. What's the dude's name? Why am I blanking on his Jason name? Jason Momoa? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, his—that's kind of like what happened with his mom. I mean, I know she said that she was in love with his dad, right? Yeah. But he, like, she comes to land, becomes human, they have the baby together, and then she has to leave, right? Right. I, I think I've only seen that movie twice. Oh, it's a good yeah, one. Like a few years ago. Yeah, I can't. I can't think of how the beginning goes, but that's—I remember, like, she had to leave back to the ocean, right? Yes. And like, why do they yeah. only why? Like, oh, sorry, I've got to, can can only visit you once a millennium. I know. It's so know. unfair. I know, I agree. That's sweet, though. Um, now, here's another tale, which I think is kind of interesting. Another tale? 
me. Yeah, another tail. <laughs> another pun. <laughs> Here we go about diving in and catching the day. Like, my gosh. So another tale that I came across was about a woman named Ursula. Now, where does that name come from? With in in line with mermaid, mer people. Little mermaid. Yeah, you don't say. I didn't know if it was. I didn't know if it was a rhetorical rhetorical question or not. Yes, rhetorical yes. question. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, Ursula. <it> was. <laughs> So Ursula was married to a fisherman, just like a standard human. She was a standard human who was always away and she was very, very lonely and unhappy in her marriage. So one day she's strolling on the sand on the seashore and she comes across a seductive, sexy, sulky man and they fall in love and she allowed him to live both on land and sea. Now, when her selkie love was out in the ocean, she would stand in like the, um, the wake of the waves and cry seven tears to draw him in. So when she was like, honey, I miss you or honey, I need you, she would cry into the ocean seven tears and it would call her beloved into shore. So specific. That's Isn't cute. That sweet. Yeah. I really liked that one. Now, let's go back to kind of what um, the lore about, oh, you, you have selkie blood, you know? Yeah, like, are the kids able to, since they're half, oh, <laughs> I'm going to get into it. <laughs> yeah. No, relax, relax. I know, sorry. On those teeth down. I know, these teeth, man. Okay. No, I love them. I love them. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. So to be considered a Selkie ancestor or part Selkie or however you want to say, there were two obvious tells that when a child was born with webbed fingers or toes, like a mermaid, I kind of thought of Harry Potter during the Triwizard Tour Tournament mm -hmm. when he had the webbed hands, you know, underwater. That comes to mind to me anyway. Um, also, if the child was born with scaled skin, like the common, more mod mo um, modern medical diagnosis or condition called uh, <laughs> ichthyosis, which is where patches of skin are hardened and have a scaly appearance. So a family commonly associated with this genetic lore was known as the Seal family who lived on the coast in Ireland, on a coast in Ireland. Um, now, for me, I wholeheartedly believe in mermaids. Yeah. It just makes sense to me. Our ocean is so big. They, there has to be, and there's still, like, we say this all the time, all over the all world, the same sightings, all mm. of that, they have to exist, you know? Yeah. Um, now, lastly, that I will say about our dear Selkies is that if you're ever in Ireland and you're able to visit the island of Kalsoy in a town called, bear with me, um, Mikla Delor, <laughs> Um, there is an absolutely like drop dead gorgeous statue of a selkie woman 
standing on the rocks. And as the tide comes in and out, waves are crashing around her statue body. She's just standing there majestically and alluringly at the land. And it's just so breathtaking. Like when I go to Ireland, it's on my bucket list. I definitely want to see her. Google it right now, Kayla. It's so beautiful. Just okay. Google Selkie Statue Ireland. It's gorgeous. Isn't that is she beautiful. beautiful. Yes. I know. I know. I want to see what it looks like when the waves are crashing too. They have like a photo of like like a succession photos of her with the waves around her. That is so cool. I'm like, seriously, gorgeous, gorgeous. But yeah, so that's Selkies. Now back to you, Kay. <laughs> oh, yes. And I'm going to talk about one of my favorite. And I don't know why I am the way that I am. But this is one of my favorite lores or legends or monsters or spirits of all time since I was a child. And that is the Banshee. Now I say it, she's been my favorite since I was a child. I don't remember why um, I learned about this at so young, but I was in school. I really think it was choir at one of the schools that we went to in you know, elementary schools. And we had to like do a song about banshees. And that was the first time I'd ever heard that word. And I was like, that's a funny word. And the song was really sad. And we learned about um, like what a banshee is, which I'm going to get into that. And ever since then, I've, I've loved them. I just think it's so cool. And I'm going to get into why. <laughs> okay, so the banshee. The banshee goes by quite a few other names. The Woman of the Fairies, the Hag of the Mist, the Little Washerwoman, and the Hag of the Blackhead. Those are just a few other names that she goes by, but her most famous one is the Banshee. And that in itself is a common phrase used anywhere. Like, oh, you're, you screamed like a Banshee or something like that, you know? Yeah. And we'll get into why that's such a popular saying. So, um the banshee she is a spirit directly from the realm of the dead and she's known best for her mournful glass shattering wailing just mm. crying and screaming and she's also best known for her bright red eyes from all of the crying Aww. um yeah it is said that if you are to see her or hear her screaming it was the omen warning you or warning that you or someone close to you was going to die. Oh, geez. Yeah. Um, in Ireland, banshees were believed to warn only families of pure Irish descent. Which oh. is like, okay. So, like, if we're not pure Irish, then we don't get like, to see the banshee. We like, wouldn't hear rude. the banshee because we're, you know, a mixed box of crackers. <laughs> yeah. But, wow. interestingly enough... Um, there is a Scottish novelist, Sir Walter Scott, who in 1830 wrote in the, his book or letters 
Letters on Demonology and Witchcraft, he mentioned a kind of banshee-like creature that was for certain Highland families as well. So oh. they could be derivative to different countries. For some reason, I... And this is weird. This is like back to my childhood when I first heard about them. When I heard about them, they weren't Irish, which like, let's just screw the Irish over a little bit more in America. You know what I'm saying? But right. um, so when I learned about them, it was a banshee, but it wasn't specific to Ireland. It was like anywhere that you could see her or hear her, her cries. Um, and it was the same thing. And I don't know why I learned this in elementary school, but I did. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the heck my music teacher was thinking, but, um, it stuck with me forever. It didn't scare me, but, um, so specifically historically banshees are, she is Irish specific. Okay. okay. Um, so do, 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 do. The name Banshee is derived from the Old Irish for Woman of the Fairy Mound. Now, there's tons of fairy mounds all over Ireland and even Scotland, too. And they, they go into their whole other fairies in Scotland as well. Um, but these fairy mounds are otherwise known as tumuli, tumuli. And these tumuli traditionally covered a grave or a number of graves and were said to be home of spirits of the dead. So okay. that's pretty interesting. I think I'm like dying. I'm dying to go to the UK in general, but I would yeah. just love to explore different Fey areas of Ireland and Scotland. I just think it would be so magical and so 100%. amazing. Percent, yeah, yeah. Um, so her name, Little Washerwoman. This is kind of creepy, but it comes from Ooh. stories of her being sighted washing the blood stains from the clothes of individuals who were soon to die. Oh. Yeah. So like that though. That's yeah. cool. It is cool. And it's almost like that's where it comes into if you see her, it's not automatically you that's gonna be the one that dies. Right. It could be someone in your family, it could be someone that you're close to. You just happen to see them. So if you see her like washing, you know, my green dress covered oh, in God. blood, then you're like, Oh, I know. And then you can go let me know. So, yeah. um, and I think she gets a bad rep too, you know, because she is also known more as like, um, well, in America, at least I feel like banshees are kind of, um, looked at as malevolent or, or evil just because she comes from the realm of the dead doesn't mean that she's evil. She's literally just warning you and yeah. to make matters even worse for her, She's crying about it, you know? She's yeah. sad about it. And she's crying nonstop. So I don't think she's malevolent in any way. I think okay. she might be a little creepy for sure. Like, oh shit, you know, death is coming. But I think that's um I think that's a common thing with any She's like a little morbid, <laughs> like a little goth girl. It's yeah. Okay. Yeah. We love a goth girl. Yeah. We do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so um, the Banshee would typically appear in three different forms. So she either would appear as a young maiden, and this was often to lure people in with her sweet singing, okay? Ooh, um, like similar siren? to, yeah, similar to the siren songs. Um, she could be a full-figured matron, so, <laughs> okay. Or um, an old, wretched crone. 
which is such an ugly way to describe someone, but <laughs> an older woman. But like regardless, an old witty woman, like a yeah, yeah. Um, so regardless of what form she takes, she will always be in a gray cloak, and she will always be have the permanent red eyes from her crying, and she will always be singing, weeping, wailing any of that she will always be very sad now if you hear her scream one of a few things may happen like i've already mentioned before it is a warning of your death someone in your family's death or this is the other tricky trickster that you are about to enter into an area where your death is very likely Oh, yeah. So she is just like he. Yeah, warning. she's literally just warning you. She's like, yo, I just came back from the realm of the dead and your face was on the board. So cry, Careful. cry, cry. Listen to me. Do, do not go there. Turn around. Now, yeah. it's interesting because um, there are old tales of battles being abandoned by soldiers because they heard the wailing in the woods. So they just, they were like about to go to war and they're like, you know, um, there was one specific story where a bunch of soldiers were about to do like an ambush, right? On, I don't know, Scottish or English, who knows? <laughs> who hasn't been trying to blow up the Irish? You know what I mean? So they're like crouching in the woods waiting to attack. And some of them claimed to have seen her, but a huge amount of them heard her wailing. And they dipped out. And those that stayed, all of them died. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. But honestly, I I don't know why I always loved Banshees. Um, I just think they're amazing. And if you hear, like, um, YouTube has some interesting recordings of Banshee screams. And I just think it's, I just think it's cool. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think that if I were to be coming towards the end of my life, I would want to be notified like that. And I know a lot of people wouldn't. They're like, leave me in the dark. But I would. Like, let me get my affairs in order. Okay. Yeah. Let me rob a bank. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. That's Let a me joke. see my final outfit that you're washing. Yeah. <laughs> Not only that, let me pick my ghost outfit. Right. Because I'd be looking grungy 99% of the time. I'd be in, like, mm -hmm. sweatpants, hoodie. So let me pick something nice that Adam at least Sandler when I'm being, like, me. oh, always. <laughs> always. So let me look, you know, like the, this would be chill. Not that I want to be murdered right now. Okay? Anyone that right. might pop through. Knock, but, knock, knock on wood. Yeah. Please. Goodness, no. But, yeah. Um. I think it's interesting. I think she gets a bad rep. I think a lot of people are scared of her because she does come with that omen, that warning that death is coming. But she's not the one killing you. She's not going to hurt you. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. As nicely yeah. as I can say it. Mm -hmm. So on that note, Britt, do you have another one you want to talk about? I do. It's a very it's common here. one with Ooh. Irish and Scottish again. Um, and we're going to talk about changelings. I kind of look like a little changeling. Um, the artwork online, they have like the pointy ears and the sharp teeth, um, sharp nails, mm -hmm. but I did do blue for kind of like the mermaid vibe, but whatever. That's so cute. Thanks. 
Um, they're long as hell, but I'm like, I need to shorten these bad boys. You're anyway. crazy. I miss my, I need to get my nails done. I do Nobody myself. look at my nails. Nobody look at my nails. Just get yourself a kit and learn how to do it. It's I just so don't easy. like, I just don't have the time. And I just don't have the time. It's like a self-care thing. I, I enjoy yeah. doing it. But I do get I obsessive. Should. Where, like, I'm yeah. already, I did them so long, and I'm like, I need to cut them short. And then I'll be like, wait, I want them long. I, I'm Yeah, but you're crazy. Like, you'll go and get your nails done at the salon, and then you'll peel off. She'll peel off her acrylics, like, a couple <laughs> days later. Like, that's some that's weird the stuff. Only. I know how to take them off now. <laughs> yeah. That used to freak me out so bad. This, like, this dress is, like, keeps sliding all funky. I don't know what's Ooh. going on. Don't mind me. Hubba hubba. Yeah. Yeah, hubba, the hubba. siren or the selkie trying to yeah liven things up a little bit. Relax. I, I was saying earlier because I kept like I kept forgetting stuff. I kept dropping stuff. I was like, "What is happening to me right now?" And I do believe that one of the fae that we were talking about tonight was messing with me tonight because literally, and and it's not in a malevolent way. Again, it's all mischievous. It's all trickstery. But it's just like little things. The leprechaun. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Just getting messed with. I'm just losing my mind. But anyways, okay, go ahead, changelings. Alrighty, so changelings. We're talking about changelings, baby. So when I first kind of like was thinking about these guys, it reminded me, and this might be totally off. Uh, let me know what you think. It kind of reminded me of, like, the Goblin King in Labyrinth. Oh, yeah. How he would take the children and then morph them into his very own, like, baby goblins. Yeah. Um, And it also reminded me of our kids' favorite TV show from when they were really little, um, Troll Hunters. Yes! Yes, where the little baby gets taken and replaced with a changeling. Yes. Now, rest in peace, Anton. Poor, poor thing. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, da-da-da. Also, if you watched Outlander, you can. You can this already. You know that mm -hmm. we, if you've listened to us for a long time, you know that we love Outlander. We we love a bonny lass. <laughs> <laughs> we certainly do, you can. Oh. Our our UK listeners are like, please, for the love of God. I know. Exactly. So in Outlander, they had a very, very, very realistic and commonly practiced situation between um, a, a set of parents and a sickly child that they thought for sure was a changeling. They, like, went um, and put the baby in like on a tree stump altar type thing to kind of offer it up back to the fairies for them to switch out their baby. You should watch the show if you haven't seen it. It's fun. Mm -hmm. It's a good time. So anyway, let's just go ahead and jump into Ireland's lore on these little beasts, shall we? Yes. So let me scroll, scroll, scroll. Changelings are said to be fairy folk. So they come straight from the fairy realm. And they often swap places with a human, taking their place, their likeness, all of that. In our realm, 
while the human version, the, the real version, lives in the land of the fairies. Now, changelings are often thought to be older fairies, like I think like an elderly fairy, right. um, who are near death or are very, very ill, who actually want to come into our dimension um, for the swap and to live out the last of their days with the love and the care of mankind. Which I thought that was really like okay, you know that's, that is that's really a sweet, sweet little spin. It's sad that they steal your baby, right? Because um, <laughs> that's oh. what it's sad that they steal your baby. Yeah. Sorry, um, it really is because like we don't know what the other realm is like, but um, from different shows and and readings that I've read. Get a cat, why don't you? Oh my gosh, <laughs> Howell is. Anyways, um, just scratch the crap out of my chest too. Anyways, <laughs> from different readings I've read, that the other realms, we have a very cool realm, and that's why we choose to incarnate here so many different times, right? Because we live in such a unique realm, and the other ones are not as pleasant from what I've heard, which is why the crossover happens a lot where mm -hmm. different, um, different creatures come into our realm. Yeah. And, um, so if I were a changeling towards the end of my life, I probably would want to, I would rather be here, but it is kind of a downer that they saw your baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's rough. Yeah. Yeah. For reals. And so. like you, most of the time you don't even know. Well, I'll get into it. Okay, get into it. So also changelings can be sent as almost being like a servant or um, kind of like in Troll Hunters where it yeah. was like the, the evil the little servant guy to like yeah. keep eyes. Um, if you guys haven't seen Troll Hunters, check it out. I know, that is Netflix. a great show. It's such a good show. It really is. It talks about so much different stuff. They even have Merlin like... Actually, mm -hmm. I don't know if they have the legitimate Merlin, but they have a lot of um, his, like, his talisman and his magic and stuff. It's a really, really fun show for kids. Um, it and it's fun for kids or, you know, adults alike. I Teenagers, adults, like, it's it's just a good show. Yeah, and it's fun. It's a fun one. Um, so they can also be sent as almost like a revenge or like a curse against a particular family person scenario. Now, um, the reason that they say that infants and babies are often kidnapped or swapped out with a changeling is because birth, um, really getting pregnant or like procreating in the fairy realm is incredibly difficult. Um, for humans, fairies, it's, you know, said that fairies view us as just having, like, this remarkable beauty, health, strength, that human and mankind itself is very strong. So they almost want to do that swap to have that human, those human genetics in their realm to build up, like, the strength as, like, the fair, you know, the fairy strength kind yeah. of thing that's actually um, an interesting idea 
Right? I thought so too. Um, now, they also do, they also discuss kind of like, um, like bewitching uh, a human for marriage. Oh. Same kind of thing because we want to build up that strength in the fairy realm. Right. So let's marry a human, switch out in like an adult or like, you know, any age really, switch them out. And now the human is with us for all eternity and we can, you know, breed and all that stuff. It's a child. Like I said, changelings were often associated like in our reality, kind of like the seeing it as like a not wholeheartedly believing in the mythology part of it, but more like being realistic. Changelings were often associated with infants who had been born with deformities, who were sickly or dying, that really modern medicine was not around during those times to kind of like diagnose. And people were also like very, um, very close-minded and very skittish of that type of thing. So typically if somebody had given birth to a baby and with those conditions, they would instantly be like, this is a changeling. The fairies stole my baby type thing. Yeah. Um, it must be a switch. The fairies swapped out the healthy one for the dying one kind of thing, which I'm like, that's like, so fucked up. That's fucked up. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it kind of like is like a baby baby step to like the disappointment rooms which I want to yeah. talk about in an episode because those fucking blow my mind mm-hmm. um now common traits of a changeling in our realm <laughs> obviously I've said this like five times already very very sickly and in like almost that dying state but they also can be extremely agitated with an insatiable appetite, like constantly eating or feasting. And almost like the hide of the human's like original Jekyll personality. So if you, like me and you, for instance, if I just seem to be like totally not myself, instead of being like, oh, she's having like a mental breakdown or she's having some sort of an episode you'd be like that's changeling that's not Brittany you know so (laughs) yeah Aunt Flo's not visiting that's changeling (laughs) (laughs) no I'm just like "Mm, noted (laughs) right how do you get rid of a changeling (laughs) Kill or be killed. Literally. I'll get to it. Um, now, not all, quote, victims of the fairy changelings were infants or small children, kind of like what I just insinuated. Mm-hmm. But they were really, like, the most beautiful people of any age to walk our earth. Because fairies are said to prefer beauty over all else, especially when involving changelings. So they hold beauty and, like, physical appearance to a really high standard and um, want, like I said, 
to do the breeding to like further their own race. Hey, let's jack some some gorgeous humans and you know get jiggy with it. Um, spread those genes. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, this was a super 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 common Irish belief for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, if not longer years. Ancient Celtic belief. Um, and in 1859, I'm going to talk about a man who killed his wife after he oh. suspected her of being a changeling. You can't come back from that. Mm -mm. So I actually, looking up my notes, I had a dyslexic moment. It's not 1859, it's 1895. So oh, shut up. Yeah, that soon, or that close in time to us right now. So this is- so a, is that like um, 120, 130 years ago, 25 years ago? Yeah, something like that. So this is about, Yikes. I'm gonna briefly discuss the murder of Bridget Cleary. Now, she is commonly, you know, uh, coined as the final or the last witch burned in Ireland. Mm. So, but let's get back to the fact that <laughs> this poor woman. So, in March 1895, Bridget had unfortunately come down with a terminal case of bronchitis. Now, the doctor and um, the doctor had visited her home with her and her husband, Michael, and basically said, you know, this is terminal, say your last goodbyes, like she's not coming back from this. And her husband was not convinced. He was, you know, saying, this is not Bridget, this is literally a changeling who has come in here and taken over my wife's, you know, persona, her life, and is now dying, like this is not her. Now they had, I'm not going to get super, super into it, but since I did mention she was like the final witch burned, mm -hmm. I'm going to get into that part. But pretty much um, over the next two days, and it was about, um, did you do, sorry, sorry, nine people were charged in her disappearance and her death. So over the next two days after her physician had said, you know, she is not coming back from this. Many different kinds of rituals and like old timey um, remedies were bestowed upon this poor woman, including throwing urine on her before like a massive, they said it like in like such a nice way before the fireplace, which with like great flames to cast the fairy out of her, basically. Yeah, like let's throw a bucket of urine on her. And That's so fucking stupid. That's such bullshit. I know. So, um, you know, about, let me see, about three days later, um, rumors began circulating on the fact that Bridget 
was nowhere to be found, that she seemed to have disappeared. And it wasn't for like another week almost that her burnt corpse was found in a shallow grave. Now, like I said, um, nine people were involved in this whole, it wasn't really like a plot to kill. It was more of like the, um, like trying, like an exorcism, like when they do right. exorcisms. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So Michael Cleary, her husband, after, like I said, I'm just kind of gracing over this whole case. Right. But, um, Michael Cleary was sentenced to jail for second degree murder for 25, 20 years. Um, second only- degree murder? 20 mm-hmm. fucking years? Oh, I'm sorry. Not even second degree murder. Manslaughter. Manslaughter. Yeah. Um, for 20 years. Believable. And he actually only spent 15 years in prison. When he got out, he quickly moved to Liverpool in England. And then shortly after that, moved to Montreal in Canada. And lived out the rest of his life. So just the thought of something happening in such, like, quote, modern times really shocked, you know, the Irish people and really the world because they're like, what the heck, dude? Like, she's sick. She's not, like, infected with a fairy. But And, like, nine other people that helped, too. I know. What the fuck? So, unfortunately, Bridget suffered horrific abuse up until her death um, for being a, quote, changeling. And she's not, like, one, you know, the one and only person that this happened to. Back in 1826, a boy named Michael Leahy was drowned because people in his community believed that he was infected with a changeling. Like, this was just kind of like a, like, taking their cultural mythology and turning it into almost like a witch hunt or almost like a exorcism kind of thing, like you were saying. I thought that was a really mm-hmm. good point. Um, and just, like, letting the crazy run its course to mm-hmm. a horrifying conclusion. Like, I'm not saying that exorcisms don't, need to happen sometimes i'm not saying that uh rituals to try to get a changeling out don't need to happen sometimes i'm not going to say that anyone's belief is wrong yeah but like chill the fuck out if this i know like if you truly believe i mean i don't know i don't want to get all crazy but that's that just like infuriates me yeah back to like the same feelings i felt during our witch trial episode I would just like I know. absolute. Could you imagine like being in your village and somebody saying like, "That's a changeling. We need to do the X, Y, and Z to get." Yeah, it what out would you? Them. How could you even help them? What would you even do? I know, I know. Because at that point, I mean, this um, lore, this belief has been around for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Like, why wouldn't you? Thousand mm-hmm. at this point, because it's so ancient and, like, deeply embedded in, in their belief system. It's just wild. 
Just wild to me. Anyway, so let's changelings back to you, mm. Kay. Hot potato. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to huh, catch the potato and try to turn that sadness around into a more lighthearted and mischievous lore. Okay. And that would be the puka. Yes, the puka, which on one hand is the cutest name ever to be given. I think that's so cute. And it's literally spelled like P-O-O-K-A, puka. Oh, Yeah, it's really cute. So, the puka. A mischievous, shape-shifting little sprite from the other world or realm of magic, whose name is derived from the old Irish term puka, meaning goblin. I also oh. read that it is, yeah, I also read that it is possible that its name is derived from a Scandinavian term, puk, meaning nature spirit. So cute. cute. So cute. I know. I love the word sprite, and I love the word goblin. I love sprite. Like, yeah. Sprite, goblin, fae, puka. Are you kidding like, me? Come here. Yeah, so not freaking fey cute. or anything. <laughs> yeah, literally. So freaking cute. Yes. Um, so the cool thing about pukas, let's get into it. Pukas have the ability to transform into animals, such as rabbits or horses. Okay, keep that in mind for a fun story I've got. Well, I don't know if it's a story per se or if it's just kind of a story. Okay, we'll get into it later. So um, that is when they play the most tricks on humans, when they're in their animal form. Um, it is considered one of the most feared fae of Ireland because of its mischievous tricks, and they can turn more malevolent. Oh. But the th So they can harm humans. They can. But... Okay, so they can bring harm to those who cross their paths. They can harm humans, if so inclined. Yet, there is no record of that at all. There is no record of them being malevolent, of, like, legitimately <laughs> trying to attack humans. But sure, they have the sure. ability to. Yeah. Like, but they have the ability to. And that's where, like, I feel like they're, like, the Sour Patch Kids, like, sour, sweet, gone. Because yeah. they're, like, they're, like, be afraid of us. We can hurt you. Yeah. But, like, we're not going to. But, like, we could. Okay. So, they are the most feared fae of Ireland, supposedly. But um, but there's no record of them actually harming humans. Okay. Sure, sure, um, sure. And I'm, like, clear the puka's name. Yeah. Like, come on. Unless they I'm don't want it to be cleared. Like, happy tree friends. Like, yeah, literally. Squirrel. <laughs> but those were, like, those got intense. They did. They, they were mean. Hey, were they? There's no, no record of them being. <laughs> I'm just um, in my mind, there is some serious records from like YouTube from like 2005, 2006 yes. of like some they were crazy feisty happy tree for friends. sure. Yeah. So um, they they also have the magic ability to mimic human speech and use that power to play silly tricks on humans. Oh, silly tricks. That's how I named it. That's why I was like, no, I'm just going to say there's silly tricks. Because I feel yeah. like it's all just like a mischievous trickster. It's not anything evil. Although they do have the ability to be malevolent. Um, 
I'm just, they're just so cute. Why would, you know, no, they wouldn't do anything. Yeah. But um, sure. I know I'm like way too, way too into the Fae. Uh, the Puka is known to love communicating with humans. If you find yourself running into one, don't be surprised if they want to sit and chat with you for a while. Aww. They apparently give great advice. They have been known to make exceptional prophecies. And the odd thing about a conversation with a puka is that you may have sat and chatted with him for an hour, but suddenly he disappears without saying goodbye, which would be heartbreaking. They <sighs> never say goodbye. And Aww. you will be left wondering if the past hour was real and they'll never leave any sign that they were there. Fuckers. Just like, like every guy I've ever dated. <laughs> Do you hear what I said? What'd you say? It's just like every guy I've ever dated. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but pukas all use the same pickup line too. They have like they have nothing original. They all say the same thing. And it's you're new here, I think. Many years ago, I used to live in this house. Like, excuse me. Fucking what what do you call like douchebaggy guys like that? Like like a Chad. I don't know. Something like that, but like, oh, are you new here? Like you know, I used to live boy. here. Yeah, exactly. And then they embellish on how the previous family lost its fortune or was swindled out of their money or their land. Oh, like geez. they all start that they all just like will pop up and they'll be like, Oh, you new here? Oh, you are? Oh, that's so funny. I used to live here. You know about the whole family? Like, what would you do? I would fucking die. I'd be so happy. I don't I don't know. I would, I mean, I would like, just be so where cool. Where the fuck did you come from? Am I in Harvest yeah. Moon right now? <laughs> Literally. Like, oh my gosh. Let's go party with the Fae. Not really, because they'll take you for like 10 years. We'll have yeah. like a whole, we have to have like a whole deep dive into Fae. That'll be like a three hour episode. I know. But, the fairy um, realm. Yeah. But it can get wild. So, yeah. no, I don't want to go to a fairy party, but like also, I like, mind. would be so cool. Yeah. yeah. So, like, the thing anyways. is, is like, I would go to the fairy realm. I would not go to outer space. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't <laughs> I've been know. gone for 30 years, but yeah, I'll go party <laughs> with the Fae for 15 yeah. years. Let's but, do like, it. fuck going to space. I know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I feel I just feel like we're I'm more safe with the Fae. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what we've been visited by honestly <laughs> making us think that we're safer with the Fae. They're like, as soon as they think they're safe, watch out. Yeah. Yeah. Come into our fairy circles. Yeah, literally. Oh my gosh. And like all the mushrooms that I find all the time. Me too. I, I find mushrooms all the time. And just in nature and i just love yep. it and like you'll just see like one perfect little flower and it'll be a little baby flower a little leprechaun of a flower and you're like <laughs> oh it's so cute and uh yeah anyways let's just, uh, i'll literally delve into like the fae anyways whatever so um yeah so they're like fuck boys and you okay you may see some houses that like in rule rule i hate saying that word but like rural, rural, 
Rural. 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 Ireland. I hate that word. In the countryside of Ireland. In the countryside of Ireland. Okay. um, You will see. um, You will see houses that have benches on either side of their doors. So the right side of the door. The right side of the door will have a bench that is like completely cleared off. It's smooth. It looks very welcoming. And the left side of the bench will look really rocky, uncomfortable. It might not, it might have stuff stacked on it so that no one can sit on it. And that is because good pukas always sit on the right side. Always choose the right side. And malevolent and mischievous pukas always choose the left. So if you don't give them a spot to sit, they ain't going so I mean supposedly that's what they think and pukas like only that. come out at night mm-hmm. yeah. what is with pukas, all of these creatures coming out at night I think it would be more they'd be seen more often in the daytime yeah yeah that's what I would that's just immediately or it's maybe it's easier the veil is a little thinner at night in the evening yeah the when people moon. when so many people are in their dreamland and don't oh, even yeah. realize that they're lifting the veil maybe I don't know. Like, get me on a tangent. I won't stop. Um, so you can find a puka in open mountainous areas where they can ride free when they are in their horse form. And many small mountainous lakes and springs in Ireland are called puka pools or <sighs> pula fuka. I'm sorry pull of, to any pull of yeah pull of fuka <laughs> you you know what I'm saying right. yeah I don't know I know I'm not pronouncing that right so I apologize but they're puka <laughs> pools but after again That's the Christianization chaser. after the Christian Christianization after Christianity took over thank Ireland, you <laughs> those puka pools were renamed St Patrick's Wells. <laughs> I mean, like, no hate, no hate to St. Patrick, happy St. Patrick's Day, but no, it's a well for St. Patrick. Oh, yeah, totally fine, totally fine with that, but that is where you will find pukas, which is pretty interesting. Um, This is actually a really funny story, and it's called A Drunken Horse Ride Home. Okay, so stay tuned for this little thing. Um, I'm saddling up. (laughs) yeah. So when a puka is in horse form, he tends to have fun by inviting a rider to jump on his back. This usually happens when the rider has had a little too much to drink and is making his weary way home from the pub. Thus starts the wildest trip of the rider's life you will ever know. For the puka loves to terrify the rider with its great prowish jumping over hedges and rocks and making death-defying leaps come the gray dawn the rider is thrown off the horse's back and left trembling but none the worse from the night's events to find his own way home that is the kind of yeah that's the kind of mischievous stuff that they do to humans but i'm like dude don't scare me That that's what if they're in their horse form, they're just they're just tricksters. They're like, yes, get on my back, and then they're like, yeah, let's freaking go wild, crazy, literally. Some puka customs that I think are very interesting. So around mainly associated with Samhain, so October thirty first and November first is considered Puka's Day. 
Um, this coincides with the harvest and the traditional customs that when the harvest is being brought in, the reaper, the reaper must leave a few stalks behind. This is called the puka share and must be left to appease the puka because we, for one, would not like to incur his wrath. Oh. Um, it is said, yeah, it is said that when we see the rain falling on a sunny day in Ireland, which it does a lot in Ireland, apparently, the puka will definitely make an appearance that night. Um, oh. Also, berries that have been killed by a frosty overnight should never be eaten as it is the puka's spit that is on them and that would render them poisonous. Yikes a doodle. Yes. And what else I found and found interesting is that every county in Ireland um has po- like its own little puka. Oh. I know how freaking cute is that? Fucking adorable. How fucking cute is that? Mm-hmm. Ah, the cutest fucking thing. Yeah. So yeah, pukas. The most feared fae, but for whatever reason, we are obsessed with them. Love them. Yeah. The cutest fucking things. Adorable. Yeah. So sweet. And that's my puka. So that's my puka talk. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Pass it on over to you. Yeah. Now I have the final um, mythical creature hailing from Ireland. And it is the Dullahan. Let's dive in. Now, we have talked a little bit. I have, I talked a little bit about the Dullahan um, back on one of our previous episodes. I think it was about Halloween traditions. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I think I did. But let's definitely let you dive deeper because it is, I I think it is so sick. Yeah. It is such a sick lore. It's pretty crazy. Sick. So it's funny that you brought up um elementary school and like relating to the banshee because i Mm. actually kind of um have like a soft spot for what i now know is like the origin um of the headless horseman yeah now probably my first encounter with a spooky story um was going to a play in early elementary school for halloween time and it had featured like Jekyll and Hyde, um, that Edgar Allan Poe with the beating heart. What's it? Oh. Telltale Heart or whatever. And then they did Sleepy um, Hollow. Now, like, what kind of elementary schools did we go to? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I wonder I, why we are the way we are. <laughs> literally, I can't even imagine, like, if our kids' schools, I mean, I'd be so for it, but, like, I right. can't imagine if our kids' schools were, like, we're going to have your kids watch an interpretation of Sleepy Hollow. Right. Signed and below. it was, like, it was totally PG, but at the same time, I just, like, burned into my skull. We went to, like, a very cool theater in, like, downtown Kansas City, and I just, I, like, loved it. It was so cool. It was so cool. And I think I was in, like, second or third grade, I want to say. Um, I don't think younger than that, but anyhow. So, it featured the story of Sleepy Hollow, boo, and the Headless Horseman, which is, like, one of my favorite, like, lores, I guess. 
So little did I know at the time, duh, that the Headless Horseman is based on a prevalent creature in Irish mythology known as the Dullahan. <laughs> Han. <laughs> Dullahan. Dullahan. Now, the ancient the ancient Celts um, worshipped the god of fertility, Crom Duff. Back in those days, every year they would celebrate. They would celebrate. Every day they celebrate. And now, back in those days, um, every year they would celebrate Crom Duff by decapitating and sacrificing people in the name of him. Around the 6th century, when Christianity invaded the Emerald Isles, pagan sacrifices were 100% condemned, creating the angry, cursed trope, Dullahan, who was now walking the earth in search for, for souls he needs to collect. <laughs> that trolls. Those teeth, they're just I that know. was me. That was me two episodes ago where I just could not stop talking with my teeth. Yes. That's my they're everyday life. Yeah. Seriously. I'm like, okay, I already have big teeth. Now these are in the way. Yeah. Um so the Dolhan is now responsible for walking the earth to collect souls, pretty much. Similar similarly to the book, to the film, or the play, Dullahan was a soldier in his human life. This is like another spin of the mythology. When he passed away, his head was separated from his body. In death, he's still here on earth, and he strolls on his horse, who, might I add, is also headless, <laughs> with his head proudly in his arm bringing in a load of fatal fun with him. And he is also seen aboard, like besides riding his single headless horse, he's also seen aboard a six horse drawn carriage, whichever mode of transportation fits his fancy, I guess. And I don't know if all six of those horses right. are also... Right, that, that was my initial question. Right. Are they all headless? I don't know headless? if they're all headless, but let's go with it. Because, okay. you know, where there's one, there's Why two. Not? Where there's two, there's six, maybe, you right. know. Why not? Exactly. Now this head of his, that he carries around every single night he's out, it seriously sounds so fucking terrifying. <laughs> First and foremost, his head is obviously smelling horrendous because it's literally, like, decaying and rotting away. And his eyes are, like, wildly looking around for a victim to kill. Um, and his smile is turned up in, like, an evil, menacing, creepy-ass grin. Like, immediately no. <laughs> immediately yeah. no. Like, fuck that. Fuck that. Um, Dillahan likes to come out at night, like I said, searching for victims to kill. And the good citizens of towns and settlements were not safe behind closed doors, were not safe in their settlements, in their villages, because Dullahan has the power to literally unlock and fling open any gate, any door that he wishes. Like, very magical. 
Isn't he able to snap his fingers? He's just like, fucking open sesame, bitch. Mm. Let me in here. Doesn't even have to That's say those nightmare. words. I know. Like, and it kind of reminds me of um, Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow. Oh, yeah, how for sure. He literally could just, boom, he's in the room. Boom, he's in the house. Like, <sighs> even the yeah. church, he managed to work around the holy ground, you know? <sighs> now, <clears throat> another wild part to his whole spiel is that if someone were to look at him, like, look into his eyes, they would be blinded by either a lashing of the Dullahan's whip, which is made of a human spine. Like, uh, how did I just know? Yeah. And Jesus Christ. Like, fucking yeah, chill, how dude. painful. I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm just, you, you came into my room. You woke right. me up. And I can't even look at you without getting hit with a fucking bag of bones. Fine. A bag of bone? A bag of bones? You can? Like, seriously. Good night. Um, Or, (laughs) big yikes, by a direct bucket of blood to the eyeballs. (laughs) Like, like the, like, either I'm blinded by skeletal remains or or by somebody's fucking blood. blood. It's, it's four o'clock in the morning. I've got two more hours before I got to get up to work. You bust down my door. You walk mm-hmm. in here. You hit me with a whip of bones. And then yes. you pour a bucket of blood on me. We bought a fucking fight, my dude. Yes. Am I right? Like, that's unbelievable. It's, it's literally unhinged. giving. Yeah, it's, it's literally giving un- unhinged. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Really? Like, what fuck kind of daddy issues, mommy issues? What the hell's wrong with you? I know. I'm like, relax. Like, a puka, a sweet little puka, just I know, like. A little sprite. Like, put a little sprite. Yeah, just no sprite. And then you've got mm-hmm. a bucket of blood, bitch. Fucking whip of spine. <laughs> a whip of spine. A, a whip made uh, okay sorry continue okay shook <laughs> i know now during this whole like midnight stroll on his headless horse or horses he doesn't speak but one time during his stroll through the night and the one thing he does say is the name of the victim he's going to kill And the victim then dies because there is literally no getting out of this cursed experience. Like, yikes a doodle, my dude. This guy is so, like, the world revolves around me. Exactly. Who decided, who decided in the magic realm that he got all that power? That this guy, fucking Narcissus. If we want to go back to, like, the ancient Celts. He technically was, like, the god of fertility, but still, like, my gosh, reel it in, reel it in, bring it on back, bring it on back. A little dramatic. I know. Now, with all of this disgusting, crazy, like, nightmare fuel stuff, the Dullahan has a kryptonite tool to be used against him. Thank God. And... Um, if he happens to, f- oh, sorry, got ahead of myself. <laughs> he happens 
to flee at the sight of precious metals. So it is a very, very, very common attribute for many Irish folks back in the day and now um, to have gold in their homes ready to protect themselves as soon as they like lay them down in front of the Dullahan, he stops in his tracks and flees. So it's like a very common like way to protect themselves. I know. Hmm. Um and that is all I have on the Dullahan. Creepy <sighs> Yes. And he Fucking was definitely like the spine. I know. He was the inspiration for um the headless horseman. And that story even kind of, like, adapted um, the Dullahan into being more of, like, a, I don't remember if it was Revolutionary War or Civil War soldier mm. who lost his head in battle, um, and his head was not buried with his body, so he goes through the night killing people or decapitating people with a pumpkin head, all that stuff, trying to find his actual head. Right. it's all it's so interesting how many stories um in america are like almost every story in america is derived from something obviously in europe or whatever but um why is that (laughs) i don't know who who knows immigration yeah when you think about how many things um that people think are just so specific to us and it's like right. mm, actually no. I know I know not even close not even like not even the headless horseman that's a civil war no you're wrong yeah no it's no irish bitch. this thing is thousands of years old yeah and you know what's crazy is that they don't teach kids like all this cool shit i mean they might I don't know. I remember being like, I had to have been like third or fourth grade when um, I learned about the Banshee. And I do remember like a couple of kids that whose parents signed the waiver saying they could not be a part of it, Oh, which I thought like, fucking grow the fuck up. Like, let your kids be well-rounded, whatever. And um, even at that time, like, I was like, this is so weird. And... um, (laughs) But okay, but um, it's we just we grew up in a totally like open household, though. Yeah, luckily, yeah, we did. Yeah, that that does make a big difference. Where a parent who's willing to actually like explain different things, and that makes you love history exactly. and everything about it. I mean, it's so insane to see yeah. like where what humans come up with, what humans think of, what humans, um, you know do just in general throughout all these years and the funny thing is is that circle all the way back around and we just all keep doing the same shit i know i know crazy that's why we want to go to the fairy realm hell yeah yeah bye let's get some let's get some more culture of our like fey kind okay yeah literally i can't wait to do a full episode on fey just like i mean i know this was like very generalized and specified to ireland for our wonderfully fun saint patty's day and we hope that you guys all do have a very safe and fun saint patty's day i just gotta say very safe that this 
has been such a fun episode, not only to research about, but like to get dressed up about. And Mm -hmm. this is something that we just, this topic, we love it so much. Yes. Coming at you with a lot more. Mm -hmm. And like Kayla said, we wish you guys a very happy and very safe. Do not drive drunk people. Safe St. Patrick's Day. Enjoy and have fun. And remember these little, you know, mythological creatures from the Emerald Isle herself. (laughs) Yes. And if you are in Ireland now or if you plan on traveling over there for St. Patty's Day, first of all, wish we could be there. But watch out for some of uh, the fae that we talked about today. Mm -hmm. Maybe go into the mountainous areas and try to find yourself a puka. And if you do, like I said with the leprechaun, Take a picture. I'm literally dying to see a puka. So that would be awesome. And keep your ears and eyes open for the banshee because she might be warning you. That ain't no puka. That's the Tholahan. (laughs) Literally. You freaking (laughs) imagine. go to the shores and try to see if you see any selkies. (laughs) Yes. Or see the statue. We would seriously just love if any of you guys um, have ever been to Ireland and you've seen some of the stuff we've talked about, we would absolutely love to hear your guys' stories about it. If you guys have any more fun tidbits about some of the fae that we talked about today, we want to freaking hear about it. We absolutely love when you guys connect with us and share your fun sides too. The stuff that we love the most. Mm -hmm. And again, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see us in our fun Faye Ireland, Faye St. Patty's Day get up. And if you're not watching this on YouTube, our YouTube is the Twisted Twins Podcast. We also are on TikTok and Instagram at the Twisted Twins Podcast. And if you guys have a fun story that you want to share with us and you don't want to comment on one of our stuff, go ahead and send us an email at the Twisted Twins Podcast at gmail.com. But definitely like, subscribe, follow. Let us know what you guys want to hear and what we should research next. And again, like Brittany said, have an amazing St. Patty's Day. And yes, be you guys safe. Have a wonderful St. Patty's Day weekend. Be safe. I'm looking at y'all. Be safe. Take care. And stay, stay twisted. twisted. Bye. Bye.